This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 17th of November. In your Squiz today, new theories in the William Tyrrell case, two presidents talk, a Delta outbreak in the Northern Territory, and getting your Christmas gifting sorted. This is your Squiz today. As was confirmed yesterday, police are now searching for the remains of William Tyrrell, the little three-year-old boy who went missing back in 2014. The focus on the foster grandmother's house and some nearby bushland is part of a new theory that police are working on, and that's been developed, Claire, from some new and specific information. Yeah, police continued to say yesterday that it isn't a Hail Mary, that they have very specific information and that's why they're targeting those areas. What happened yesterday is that police started digging up shrubs, uh, sifting through soil and going through the garden bed underneath the veranda of the family member's former property uh, up on the mid-north coast uh, of New South Wales at Kendall. They're also clearing land in a couple of nearby areas and police and the Royal Fire Service did that yesterday. The idea there is that they're going to inspect that ground with uh, dogs and also with equipment to get under the ground. Uh, It adds to news that William's foster parents uh, have been identified as people of interest in the investigation and also reports last night that William's sister, uh, who is now 11 years old, has been removed from those foster parents' care. It's a case that's caught the attention of the public for years. So many know that picture of William in his Spider-Man suit. Police Commissioner Mick Fuller confirmed yesterday that the homicide investigation was very much active, that it was focused on one person. There's a new investigative team handling the case now, hence this new direction. Yeah, and what Mick Fuller also said is that he's very confident in that team and the direction that they're going. He reckons that they can solve it, he says. And he didn't hold back about the missteps he said that those previously in charge of the case made. Uh, He said that the new team on board had inherited a bit of a mess, is the quote, uh, and that they have cleaned up that investigation. Uh, That, of course, goes to Gary Jubelin. He was the former detective. He's now a podcaster. He was a very high-profile face of the investigation. He lost his job in 2019 and he was convicted of making illegal phone recordings of those he suspected in the case. Uh, Jubilant last night for his bit said that he was disappointed by Mick Fuller's comments and that he, like everyone, just wanted uh, police to find out what happened to William. This ground search could take weeks. A lot of specialists are involved, from a forensic anthropologist to an archaeologist and a hydrologist. There's also a cadaver dog on the scene as they work through this theory that William fell from the balcony and his body was moved. More to come. US President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping have held their first formal meeting for the year. Lots of eyes on this one with so much tension between the two superpowers on multiple issues. It seemed fairly pleasant, Claire. 
Yeah, they certainly did the Zoom thing of waving at each other when they yeah. came up online. Uh, of course, as a presidential meeting, there's lots of flags involved. So that was a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. They've done it virtually, of course. Xi Jinping, China's president, hasn't left China since COVID. So it's been a couple of years uh, that he has remained in his country. Uh, Joe Biden would have preferred to have done it in person, but he didn't make the trip to China to do that. So they've done it over that virtual link. What they said about each other, Xi called Biden his old friend. Uh, Biden, for his part, said that they have a very honest and candid relationship. They, of course, dealt with each other quite a bit when Biden was uh, Barack Obama's vice president. Uh, Pleasantries exchanged, though. They really then took to their sides to defend their positions on things like Taiwan, uh, trade and human rights. Uh, What China apparently did was warn the United States that it would be playing with fire if it encourages Taiwanese independence. Uh, But what analysts say, despite those sorts of things and the challenges that they have, it's a really good first step to try and cool things down. Yeah, no major announcements were made, but as you say, a good first step moving forward. I did have to laugh at that Zoom wave. They're global leaders. They're just like us. (laughs) Just like us. (laughs) Back home now and authorities in the Northern Territory are scrambling to contain a COVID outbreak there. Nine cases of Delta have been recorded in the Catherine region yesterday, a big jump from two on Monday. The cases are thought to be the first instances of COVID in a remote community and it's of huge concern, Claire. Really big concern, of course, because they don't want COVID getting into Indigenous communities. Uh, Indigenous people have all sorts of issues when it comes to health and also access to health care. So there's a lot of concern about the spread of COVID in those communities. It's also exacerbated by overcrowding in housing in the Northern Territory. And that is a significant risk, of course, when it comes to the spread of COVID. A three-day lockdown has been imposed on the Catherine and the Robinson River region. There's also a mask mandate for the entirety of the Northern Territory until Monday. There's a lot of talk about inflation at the moment, and yesterday the Governor of the Reserve Bank, Philip Lowe, used a policy speech to put the case forward that Australia won't see the rise in inflation that's happening in the UK and the US. You were keeping an eye on this one yesterday. Take us through it. So inflation is a thing that we're talking about a lot at the moment. We're doing a shortcut on it this week as well. Uh, When you look at the United States, inflation is at 6.2%. That's the highest it's seen in 30 years. Uh, When you look at Europe, it's also at 13-year highs. For Australia, inflation rose by about 3% in the year to September, and that's the highest it's been for almost a decade. So when you're a central banker and one of your jobs is to keep inflation within a healthy range, uh, it is a thing that, of course, affects interest rates as well. So there's a lot of expectation around the market and from analysts about what is going to happen if inflation is hitting those sorts of highs. But what Philip Lowe said is that he doesn't expect it to be a really big issue for Australia for all sorts of structural reasons and people can just cool down a little bit. If inflation has you a little bit lost, don't worry. Claire, as he said, we're going to dive into it for a squiz shortcut on Thursday. Stand by for that one. 
Still on Money Matters, a new report from the Australia Institute's Centre for Future Work says that working from home during the pandemic has meant that most people have worked longer hours but without any extra pay. Yeah, and the expectation, they say, from employers is that you're going to be at home, you're just kicking around, you've probably got a fair bit of time on your your hands to do a bit more work. So they're not not feeling particularly (laughs) concerned about it. But, yeah, what this report shows is that uh, this year Australians are working an extra one and a half hours a week. That means Mm. a total of 6.13 hours of unpaid work each week. That's up from 5.25 hours in 2020 and 4.62 hours in 2019. Mm. So they say that it's a time theft crisis and it's on the march up. It's more than an hour a day. It sure does all add up. And yet 65% of respondents say that they will continue to work from home even after COVID is over. You and I, Claire, spoke last week about the movie props auction that saw Wilson, the distressed volleyball, fetch an eye-watering price. This is one, though, for the music buffs. 900 pieces of memorabilia from the Hard Rock Cafe in New York City are going to auction later this week. Tell us what's on offer. Well, it, of course, is a premier venue and Mm. it has a lot of really good stuff. It's a fascinating catalogue to flip through. We're talking about things like Elvis Presley's very extensive jewellery collection. Uh, There's a guitar from Bono. There's Freddie Mercury's handwritten lyrics. Lots of clothes from Madonna and Dolly Parton. So a very, very wide range. The premier item, though, is an acoustic guitar from Eric Clapton. He had that in 1960. And it was played during his debut. It's expected to get up to US 500,000, so a cool half a million bucks. I'll pop a link in your episode notes if you want to have a browse and consider your piggy bank. There's 500 (laughs) pages in the auction guide, so it's good for a long lunch break. Squiz the day, Claire. What are you keeping an eye on today? Today is the anniversary of the opening of the Suez Canal. Of course, it links the Mediterranean and the Red Seas and just made me wonder how the Ever Given is getting on. <laughs> I hope it's okay. <laughs> oh, man, wasn't that a whole thing? <laughs> I hope it's floating freely somewhere unconstrained. For me, it's International Day of the Student today. Hats off to anyone studying. And, of course, if you've got students between Year 2 and Year 6, jump onto that free trial of Squeeze Kids for schools. It's on until the end of term four. It means you have access to curriculum-aligned activities based on that day's Squeeze Kids news podcast. Get on it. I'll pop a link in your episode notes with a bit more information. And Claire, of course, before we go, the countdown to Christmas is on. We love a gift guide here at the Squiz and we've had a good go at putting one together featuring businesses from Buy From The Bush. We love Buy From The Bush. What's your pick for today? Today, it is a beautiful pair of pearl earrings. They're the classic kind of thing that you can wear every day, but they're a little bit fancy. So they look a little bit like a statement piece as well. And it comes from a really great regional business. So get on and have a look at those. They're perfect for anyone. Love it. That's With pierced ears, I guess. <laughs> so that's a big claim, but I reckon these earrings back it up. It's also, as you say, it's such a great way to support Aussie businesses and, and shop local this Christmas. I'll put a link to our Christmas guide in your episode notes. That's all from us. Have a good Wednesday. Happy hump day. And we will be back with you tomorrow. A quick message now from our podcast partner, 
BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.